Have you ever wanted to dance the samba with the locals of Salvador's Carnival and walk in the Amazon jungle? Stay tuned and you will learn how to do these and other exciting unique options found in northern Brazil. Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world at TravelAdviceShow.com. And my name's Chris Newton, and I'm one of the co-hosts. And I'd like to introduce my other co-host, uh, Jerry Fuller. Uh, how you doing, Jerry? Fantastic. Great. We, would you like to introduce our great topic today and guest? Uh, today? I would be ecstatic to do it because right. we have Martha Tavera, T-A-V-E-R-A, from Marmela Tours with us today, and I'm really excited because we're talking about Brazil, one of my favorite countries in all of South America. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you, Jerry and Chris. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Let's hope that uh, we can make this exciting and uh, put Brazil in the map again and uh, at least make people comfortable that all those queries that they have yeah. Uh, can be answered today. Yeah, yeah, the, Martha. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. We look forward to it. Yeah. So thanks. Well, the thing I would think we ought to begin with is: can you give an overview of Brazil? Like, how big is it in comparison with oh, other countries? And um, certainly. What it looks like. mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brazil, first of all, uh, is the largest country in South America, Latin America in general. It's um, as big as the United States, maybe a teeny little bit smaller, but it's uh, 3 million square miles, uh, actually 3.29 versus the U.S., which is 3.79. The difference, of course, is that much of the country is uh, jungle and not developed, not like the United States, of course. But we have over 200 million inhabitants in Brazil, and the difference from them to the rest of Latin America is that they only speak Portuguese. It's the only country that speaks Portuguese, actually. The rest of us all speak Spanish. So that makes them unique and gives them a very special type of background. In a way, European, very European, which you don't find in the rest of South America. But it's very uh, interesting, the mix of people that they have. And that uh, most people are not aware of the fact that uh, Brazil, although their immigration, the uh, black population is very big and strong in the north, most of the south is uh, very Caucasian and German. So there you go. You have both. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But mm -hmm, go ahead. No, that's a good introduction. Yeah. Because of its great size and uh, going really long, particularly when you fly it, between the north and the south, can you talk uh, some about the weather, the climate, the good time to go, the bad time to go, etc.? <clears throat> Depending where you're going, of course. Remember that because it takes uh, such a big area of South America and you have the equator going right through it in the Amazon Basin, you have um, the 
Caribbean type of weather in areas of the north like Recife and Fortaleza and all that. You could be in any Caribbean beach. Uh, while in Rio, which is further down, if you go during between November and um, I would say March and April, it's going to be very hot and it also tends to rain. But then June, July, August, which is quote unquote their winter, you'll be in the 70s. Wow. And uh, yeah, and at night you might even be in the low 70s. And the people, the cariocas, which are what they're called in Rio, they will dress in winter clothes. Boots and jackets and all that, and and it's like Florida, you know. Only the the snowbirds are in bathing suits. The rest of the people they're in the winter. No tourists, don't you? Yeah. And the the more south you go, the colder it's going to be. Of course, the difference because now you're getting closer to Argentina. But all in all, the weather is always warm. I mean, warm to hot. And in the jungle, of course, again, the best time would be June, July to go to Pantanal and Manaus because it's the dry season. And it might be that, and it's not as hot. Let's talk a little bit about the areas, uh, some of the famous, maybe not so popular areas of Brazil, such as Rio and Manaus, the areas that are so different. Yeah. We could actually start, let's start up north okay. in Manaus. First of all, very important, we do have nonstop flights from Miami to Manaus, which makes it very accessible and, uh, and easy also. So in Manaus, of course, you have the Amazon River. And this uh, Manaus was a very, very famous uh, port in the 1800s when it was the rubber boom and was what they considered their golden period and because of this uh, and the money that was in that area they built the most beautiful opera house that was in the 1890s and this opera house became very famous because they were all Europeans who were there and uh, even Pavlova which is uh, Jerry you might Relate to my time. (laughs) Not that I saw her, but she was my mother's time. But she was a very famous ballerina in Europe, and she performed there. But this is is like a little jewel in the middle of of the Amazon, and it's a must. And then, of course, you go into the further into the, the river where you have the meeting of the waters, which is a very awkward thing that happens there, and it's the two currents, one very dark brown and the other one very light, and they never mix. And it's due to the vegetation uh, underneath that that makes this happen. Uh, then, of course, you have any amount of lodges in the area from, I would say, three stars all, all the way to five stars, mm-hmm. and they're all in all-inclusive, of course. Some of them you go by road, some of them by boat. And they have daily programs to visit villages in the surrounding area. And you also have cruises, uh, again, from river boats all the way 
to the large cruise boats, which uh, are very, you know, popular today. And they start in Florida and they go all the way into Berlin and up the up the Amazon, all the way. Could I ask you a question, real quickly? Can you, mm -hmm. uh, at this point, while we're talking about Manaus, and you mentioned the lodges, um, I stayed in one lodge uh, that was probably 25, 30 feet up. It's almost like living in a treehouse. And there was right. a swimming mm -hmm. pool up there. And You're talking of the Ariau? Yes. I am. <laughs> right. Yes, and the Ariau was probably one of the the first lodges that were considered the five star at that time, right? Mm -hmm. And they were they have the Carson Lodge, right, for honeymooners, and it's it's different than anything else. Uh, we have something similar in Peru in the Amazon also, yes. but which actually is called a treehouse. But this uh, Ariau was has uh, become very popular, but I think Aravilas today has overpassed them. That is considered now the deluxe property of the Amazon. But Ariau, we also sell a lot. It, it, it's not for everybody, because if you have problems walking or something like that, it can become a challenge. But uh, it's very popular with young people and the excitement of having all these different types of lodges and the trees and all of that. One thing that's very interesting nice. about it is you have to take a boat ride up there. If I remember, it's like yes. an hour boat ride. And then oh, when I was there, they have a suite, a round suite. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill Gates was there. Yes, He had gone exactly. down and... Uh, so it's, it was a fantastic experience. Now, on something like that, um, how many nights would you stay there uh, to get an overview? I of, would uh, not go jungle? to, yeah. I wouldn't go to these lodges for less than three nights. Remember okay. that by the time you get there and you have a couple of hours to get to the place, mm -hmm. um, if you're really going to enjoy it, for me it would be a minimum of three nights, not days, nights. So that equates to four days, no? Mm -hmm. That is and just enough for the average person, like you and I, probably, mm -hmm. but not I enough for those that are avid adventurers. They will stay a week and love it. Probably right. I would stay anywhere from three to four nights. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and Martha, how, how, what type of activities uh, you, you know that people do there? Uh, much? Oh, they also. have uh, they have uh, trail walks oh, nice. that they take the people, and uh, these are all trails that are marked, and you go with a guide, oh. right, to make sure that you know nothing happens. Sometimes they can't avoid it. The one at the end is the one that's on himself because he's <laughs> had that experience already. And poor thing, he ended. It. He ended in the hospital for a week because he got bitten by a snake. Oh. And he was the one at the end of the of the line. Oh, <laughs> you know? no. Oh, so man. always stay in the front. Careful. Yes. <laughs> I know. Well, Watch you know, out. they always, always say, stay in the front. Yeah. Well, they always say it's <laughs> the third person in line that gets bitten. Um, the All first right. person sort of startles the snake. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the second person sort of gets the snake ready to go, and the third gets bitten. <laughs> and I've heard that <laughs> so all, this is all over the happened. world. 
Yeah. <laughs> in fact, we were going yeah. to um, uh, in Mexico to Bonampat, the uh, ruin there, mm-hmm. and uh, we walked in forever, I mean, several hours to get in there. And we had this Mayan guide, and I know we're talking about Brazil, but it happens there in, uh, I mean, uh, yes, it happens in Brazil that um, he has his machete, and he is whacking the whole thing down. And I tell you, I was not two feet behind him because he would say, don't touch that plant, it's poison. And he, and I knew a snake was going to get us. So I was a number two and uh, like almost number one and a half because I just knew what might happen. Um, the, the walks through those trails are fabulous because the guide makes it very interactive, doesn't he? Uh, he gets yes, fruit, he does. cuts it open, and you eat it. And, He'll get another plant and show you how they use for medicine and one for color. And, and our guide um, uh, put that red color on our skin. And, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they're fabulous, most informative. Right. You'll be surprised uh, all the things that are in these areas in Brazil and Peru and Ecuador, which all share the same part of the jungle. And uh, the medicines that are coming out of there are incredible. Uh, Unfortunately, we here have so many regulations that this cannot enter the country. But a lot of people go for alternative medicines down south because these, uh, you know, the locals have been using these medicines forever, Mm -hmm. forever. And and they work for certain things, no? Maybe combined with our... Uh, what we have today must be, we, we could do wonders. But nevertheless, the, uh, you were asking about what is there to do there, besides, of course, the trails, which are very interesting, and you, it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. For those that are a little bit more adventurous, you have the piranha fishing. Mm-hmm. They go crocodile spotting at night. Oh, no. They have, for bird watchers, this is, you know, fabulous, because mm-hmm. the... The variety of birds that we have there is fantastic. And, uh, of course, they all claim, every one of the countries claims that they have more variety than anybody, but, of course, (laughs) the Amazon has to have. (laughs) So I don't really know which one has the most. They claim they have 1,700 varieties of birds. Don't quote me, because all I know is that that's what they claim. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I cannot vouch for it, but I'm sure there are. And um, yeah. then again, of course, is uh, you also have all the river excursions by canoe. Oh, okay. That oh, nice. They go into places that you cannot walk into, and uh, and so you see monkeys and all these animals uh, that are that are there that are you know fascinating to mm. see them in their own environment, not in a zoo atmosphere, no. Nice, yeah, yeah. And and they can also accommodate people that have restrictions in walking. Even if they don't go on the trails, they can go on the boats. So we've had people, you know, where in certain areas that they will allow wheelchairs, that they, you know, they will accommodate them so that they can go and see a lot of the stuff, a lot, a lot of the fauna, and animal kingdom by boat if they cannot walk. So there's always a way to get people to see the area. That's great. Uh, uh, any other area along the Amazon? Should anybody go to Belém? 
Belen is oh, Belen is also interesting, but we find that people do not really ask for it, and uh, it is, of course, in the mouth of the Delta. So this is a more important city, maybe in a way, for the open market, which they're known for. But we sell little or nothing of Belen, unfortunately. Yeah. We definitely, from Manaus, we normally jump into either Recife or Salvador, Fortaleza, any of the cities in the northern part, mm-hmm. which are perfect as far as the flights are concerned also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, Belen, it's uh, very, very seldom requested, and we don't have any call for it, unfortunately except for those taking cruises that might go all the way to Belen from Manaus, uh, or they go all the way to Tabatinga, which is the border with Peru. Right. So you're mentioning Recife and Salvador. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about those two and maybe uh, another one or two of the towns in that area and how they're different and who would somebody prefer Mm -hmm. one over the other? Well, um, let's see. Starting with Salvador, Salvador Bahia, of course, was the original capital of Brazil. Uh After that, it became Brazilia. And And Salvador. I don't. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt, but can you tell us how old Salvador is? You know about? Uh, I would say it's uh, as far as Salvador is concerned. It was. In the 1800s, probably uh, in the late 1700s, when was the uh, actual uh, time of the Portuguese when they um, came in um, and started bringing all the slaves to that area. No, this was where we had uh, the slave market, right. and consequently, uh, Salvador has become. A uh, historical, uh, it has, it's a historical heritage uh, city by UNESCO, but besides that, it's probably one of the only cities that have the black heritage uh, historical part very much alive. And this has made it very important in the, at least in the black market for us, you know? People love to go because it's alive and vibrant. I Salvador, know, yeah, you you feel you feel that you you feel the um, the history there, and they haven't let it go. And they have Christianity working together with the Candomblé, which is their religion. So. It's uh, it's quite a beautiful combination because they live in harmony, no problem, and uh, and of course, apart from the architecture, which is beautiful, because mm-hmm. Salvador has the mix of the Portuguese architecture, which is there, it's also the mystic, the, you know, the mystic of it. It's it's uh, very normal, for instance, that you might be walking around the street and there's a a candle in the corner 
And, you know, what are you going to do? Do you kick it out because it's burning and you're, as an American, oops, it's dangerous. Don't even touch it because it's somebody that put the candle there for some reason, whether it's good or bad, depending the color of the candle, no? Mm -hmm. But it's there. It, it is it, it is very um, picturesque, the beautiful beaches, and we also have a lot of resort properties now in the outskirts of of the of central uh, salvador um which is making it very popular for people going on honeymoons and people going just with family because uh salvador the resorts are family oriented which is not so much the case in rio in rio for me it's a grown up destination right i went with my kids when there was in you know young eight, nine, ten years old, and they were bored to tears. <laughs> they did not enjoy it. No. First of all, they couldn't understand a thing. Uh, second, the television was in Portuguese, so they were bored. And who cares about anything else, you know? So you take them... I have a picture of one of them sitting right underneath Corcorado with her hands folded, saying, why am I here when I'd rather be in Long Island with all my friends? Why can't we go to Disney? Right, yes, right. but... This is the nature of the beast. So definitely Salvador is a different kind of thing. You have all these resorts which are geared for kids. You can have a great time. They're all inclusive. But then an hour away, you have the city of Bahia, which is, I mean, history comes out. It's everywhere. Every corner. Right. You you feel it. The, it is that kind of uh, destination. Well, on Salvador, oh, mm -hmm. well, on Salvador, yeah, no, the one uh, one of the things that um, there are two things I really like about Salvador is the way the city is arranged. I mean, there's the flat area yeah. on the water, the and then upper and lower, yeah, cliff. yeah, a big cliff, mm -hmm. and then there's another city up there, and uh, connected several different ways. And the other thing that I really like is their carnival. I love the carnival. It's mm -hmm. very different than the right. one in Rio de Janeiro. Don't you think? Yeah. It's different because it's out in the streets, like in Recife. So even though you still have to make arrangements ahead of time and that, it is more uh, for the people. It's not so much for the tourists. Mm -hmm. In Rio, it's a tourist attraction, and you pay $400 to go and watch the parade. Right. sitting on the bleachers. Uh, but in Salvador, it's all around you. It's in the streets. So it's it's different. It's right. very different. And you can even uh, join up. I mean, uh, I've been oh, there yeah. twice for that. And you just join the crowd going down the street, and the music, oh, my word. I mean, you find yourself swaying mm -hmm. around just like them, and uh, I find that very exciting. It is. And as I said, uh, the historical part of Salvador is what makes it very unique. I mean, it's uh, they've gone through a lot because, obviously, this was, as I said, the, the trade center for the, for the 1500s all the way until the 1800s when they declared their independence. But it's, uh, it's something that uh, it's the gateway, shall we say from the days of the Portuguese and also, of course, the English, I'm sure, and everybody else. 
that came through there. Uh, and um, and the funny thing is that it's still very much the Afro heritage is very much alive, mm-hmm. and and you know enjoying it. <laughs> so yeah, I love it. The people are very nice. Yeah. Yes, it's it's yes, it is very. For me, it's one of the one of the most exciting destinations. And now that it has been combined with so many resorts that are being open around it, it makes it a great place to go because you have both. You know, you have the history and you have that. But then you have Recife, which also has the most incredible history because Recife uh, has, excuse me, has had all kinds of immigration. I mean, Recife was uh, what it was um, taken over by the Dutch for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So you have that influence also there, which is an interesting uh, type of combination. Again, you have Olinda right next to it, 20 minutes away, which is also another UNESCO city because of the architecture, which is fabulous, you know, the the Portuguese, it has a little bit of the Dutch, it has the, the local, and because of the history of all the invasions and, and wars and everything that they had in that area, because they were fighting for the sugar plantations that were taken over by the Dutch. And the Dutch controlled all the sugar in the, in the country. So this became their base. So there's this influence going on in Recife, which makes it very interesting. And again, their carnival is a people's carnival. Everybody participates, and it's in the streets. Mm -hmm. And it has a little bit of a different thing than than real. The girls are not all that skimpy in clothes, and I guess it must be the influence (laughs) of the Dutch also, you know? They have like little skirts. (laughs) <laughs> and with the parasols, and so they Ooh, mix a little bit of, of the European and the local, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it makes it very, uh, it, it's, for me, as Recife uh, was very exciting because also they have a tremendous amount of local uh, artisans there and a lot, of course, of artists. Uh, which is inheritance from the Dutch also, for painters and all these people that came and went around. And uh, they they have a very quaint market, which used to be a jail. And that jail has become a, um, a mall. It's a three-story mall, and each cell is a store. And they also they they always have folklore dances going on and everything to entertain the public, but you find the most incredible stuff. I mean, you can spend hours in there just shopping for knickknacks and local things that they make. And then about and uh, twenty five forty minutes to towards the ocean, uh, further out to Puerto Gallinas, you have all these amount of beautiful resorts, again, with white sands, crystal blue waters, because this area is more like the Caribbean. It's right in the equator. It never rains. The weather is fantastic in that area. You can go at any time, and you'll always have great weather. Uh, 
And from there, you can fly to Fernando de Doroña, which is an island that only specializes in scuba diving. So this is where you you find the uh, pink dolphins. So oh, wow. people love to go there. And all the, the hotels there are bed and breakfasts. Very small, mm. very cute, and great for honeymooners, basically. But for uh, scuba divers, no? Mm-hmm. So very laid back. Well, it's, so, a, it's amazing how is, much variety, Martha. There, there's so much in the north there. There's so much variety to... <laughs> And 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 you, you, uniqueness to each place, yeah. Can you talk just yes, a moment about? Yes, uh, unfortunately, it's unknown. You yeah. know, Brazil yeah, right. has been trying very hard to develop the northern part, okay. and they even started with flights, you know, from Miami, so that to make it. And for some reason, Brazil for everybody is real. Mm-hmm. And and then you know they go to Rio and it's a hate love relationship. They either love right. it or hate it. Depends mm-hmm. what the experience was. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. And of course, Brazil. You can't say anything about Rio in the sense that yes, it's a beautiful city. It's a gorgeous bay. You can't take that away from it. But uh, Brazil is not only Rio. And Rio, for me, go three nights and get out and do something different because you're not going to get the experience of Brazil by going to Rio only. Right. Can you spend a few minutes while we're talking about Recife, about the um, physical look of it, the layout of the city? Because I find uh, I was, the first time I ever went there, I was kind of surprised about um, the canals. And the amount of uh-huh. water about it. Am I the only one that was really surprised about? It's almost reminded well, me about really like Venice. Probably, probably only uh, because again of the influence that they had, you know, from from the Dutch. It could have been part of the fact that they developed this also. But Recife means. Uh, canals, you know, that's why it's called Recife. That is the uh, um, the translation, shall we say, right. of the Recifes. And uh, I personally um, uh, was comparing it more with Rio because they tried to emulate a lot of the Rio. If you notice the streets, you know, have right. the waves, right. the same as the Rio uh, in Copacabana. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the hotels, of course, are uh, facing the uh, the beach there. But for me, it was more um, the fact that, that you were so close to Olinda. And when you get to Olinda, you fall in love with that little town. Right. That was for me. And then, of course, when I went to Puerto Gallinas, which is uh, it's fantastic. I mean... The beaches, when I was there, what, 15 years ago, there was nothing. It was just miles and miles and miles of white beach and palm trees. And today they have built any amount of hotels, beautiful, right there on the beach, which is something that you don't get in Rio, because Rio, all the hotels are a block, you know, out uh, from the other side of the avenue, of Avenue Atlantica. So you can't just walk out of the hotel to the sand. Besides, you don't want to spend 
even step on that. You have to dodge the uh, <laughs> real traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But besides that, <laughs> in these areas, yes, it's like being in any Caribbean destination. Mm-hmm. And probably not as expensive. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a very... Uh, uh, a very interesting, a very interesting city because of the mix. And don't forget also that any amount of Jewish immigration came to that part of the world also, mm. oh. which is a surprise to me. But they have yeah. a very big synagogue and a very large Jewish, um, you know, immigration because they came right um, after the Spaniards started, uh, you know, uh, killing all these people and all that. So, of course, they started leaving. But these are the re-Sephardic Jews. This is not the Jewish immigration that came after World War II. Mm. These were before that. Mm. And so there were people that were very learned. They were, you know, uh, very um, high-class Jewish people that lived in Spain. And that had to leave. Wow. So it's another it's another type of Jewish people, but definitely the the mix now goes into this plus the local the local Indians and the blacks that were brought then to Salvador, plus of course the Dutch and Europeans that were there. So it makes we, it for a very interesting mix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Thanks. Can we talk a few? minutes about Brasilian. Should people go to Brasilia? If so, for how long? Brasilia, <clears throat> the, 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 the big charm of Brasilia is the architecture. If you're in, into architecture, you would be fascinated with Brasilia because what looks, I mean, don't forget that, that uh, Brasilia is ahead of everything. When when Brasilia was being done, which was so, uh, you know, modern, you would say uh, it was astonishing, but yet it's still modern today, mm-hmm. in today's world, you know? So, I mean, this, the Brasilia, they started cons- the construction there in 87, and then it was, wow, what are you doing with this city? in the middle of the jungle, because you fly to Brazil and there's nothing, it's jungle. And all of a sudden, this humongous city comes out, and they're, where did this all come out? <laughs> really, right it out. is, and it's, and it's so um, organized, because they, they build it, you know, already with the idea of, this area is for schools, this area is for, for government buildings, this area is for homes, so everything is very organized, very well distributed, but there's nothing else there mm-hmm. because this is the government center, oh, okay. um, and they've tried and tried to to you know give it its, its own life, but people go there on Monday morning and leave Friday. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh, in the weekends, there's nothing. Yeah, and I went there in the morning and left in the afternoon. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. Exactly. exactly. They gave me a city tour of the whole place. Now right. I know what Brazilia is all about, and right. I'm out of here. And I agree. That, <laughs> that's maximum time, isn't it? Go have your driver yeah. and meet you at the airport, 
and see the city have lunch there at one of the neat restaurants and leave. That's, that's and they make opinion. it easy that way because the flights come in, there are many flights that come in very early in the morning. Okay. This is only what, one hour flight from Rio. And then you have flights leaving at 6, 7 o'clock at night. So you can spend the whole day there and continue on to your destination. Right. <laughs> so there's no reason to stay there for more, except if you are a, a government agent that you're going there for something in, of that sort, no? Or you are an architect student, and this is something fascinating because obviously uh, it's, it's, uh, it's worthwhile for them to see what Neumeyer did because he, he's a famous architect and he's done wonderful things all over uh, Brazil, but this has been his gem, no? Yeah. Architecture is the cathedral and all of that. I mean, the cathedral itself, did you go in? Uh, Jerry, that uh, it's it's all a round thing and it's fascinating. I haven't seen anything here like that. Well, well, very unusual, yeah. exactly. Well, well, yeah, well, very well, unusual. Martha, well, that's great. God, we really had a great, uh, you know, talking about the north mostly. Maybe we could do another show on the south part more, you know. Whenever yeah. you want to. If, yeah. Uh, if yeah. This is. If this is the time you have, we we can we can uh, finish it here, and then yeah. we can continue on from Rio all the way down, to, and then That'd of course the Pantanal and all that area, which I think is something worthwhile seeing. And yeah. last but not least, my favorite part, which is Belo Horizonte oh, and right. uh, Minas Gerais. Oh, I mean, the state of Minas, no? Right, which right. Is, uh, okay. Beautiful, yeah, different. But there it is. That's that's, uh, our Brazil. I hope that it helps in some way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Do do, do you have anything last to add? uh, You know, like uh, before the show. Well, uh, the only thing is that in our case, all these, everything that I've talked to you about, uh, are programs that can be customized, and you can. Yeah. Whatever interests you more, we'll put it in. You know, yeah, it's it, not uh, subject to any definite programs per se. So we do everything uh, tailor-made. So this is why it's important for them to understand what there is available in the country, yeah. and then pick and choose what you want most. That's great. Well, and, before we right? end uh, the northern part of Brazil, yeah. would you please? Tell everyone how they can contact you. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Uh, well, we are in the East Coast. We are located in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have an 800 number, uh, which is 866-993-0033. And also go to our webpage, which is marnellatours.com. Marnella is with Bell L. And we are here um, from 9 to 6, and uh, we'll be so happy to hear from all of you. And you can send us an email with what you are looking for and what you've heard on the show. I'm more than happy to talk to you one-to-one. All right. And well, thank you make it happen. Much, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, and, we, we really enjoyed uh, you, you on the show, Martha. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, thank you. And I'll wait for your next call. Whenever you want us, here we are. 
you for listening to our show from all around the world. We really appreciate that. And we'd like to uh, give a shout-out, uh, thank you to Stephen Pratt for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro and the ending of the show. And i also like to uh, say thank you to James Steed uh, for helping with the website and audio information. And also Nate Scholes um, about uh, getting us on the right track and helping us on the podcast on Travel Advice Show. Um, So thank you so much, and uh, enjoy all your travels around the world.